0: You're listening to episode 10 of Brave and Bossa Podcast. On this week's episode, I have another interview and I'm bringing you a website expert. And she and I are going to talk all about e commerce website conversion strategies. So if you're struggling with your conversion rate on your site, she's got some amazing tips for you. So let's go. Hello, and welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, the founder of Encircled, host of this podcast, business coach and business mentor. I'm excited to have you rejoining this podcast. If you're new, welcome. This is an interview episode. It's going to be super tactical, full of lots of information, and you're definitely going to want a notepad for this one. And if you're a repeat guest or a repeat guest, oh my gosh, repeat listener, thank you so much for returning to listen to this podcast. I am really excited to have interviews on this season. I've learned a lot from just doing these interviews uh, myself, and I've really been able to get some amazing people, which is great because some of these people are, you know, they charge hourly and they charge a lot of money for their time. So to be able to interview them on my podcast is just such a blessing. And I feel like, this will be no exception. Um, today, we have Reese Spikerman. She's a website expert who spent more than 15 years working with some of the greats in the online world like Bernadette Jiwa and Chris Gillabo. Today, she helps product bases businesses like Unicreamer quintuple their monthly revenue. That sounds amazing. With conversion optimization on their websites. Her clients love her straightforward style and empathetic energy. Her website is designed by Reese.com. After living in Malaysia for seven years, Reese returned to her home of Northern Michigan, where she lives with her husband and four pound Morky dog. Love that. She's a proud interview lover of faux soup and constantly paying a Spotify mix of Taylor Swift and Toto. Reese is amazing. I'm super excited to get into this interview and let's go. All right. Welcome back everybody. I am super excited to have my second interview. We have Reese Spikerman from um, designbyreese.com. Reese, Reese, welcome
1: to the show. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you so much for having me on Christy. After we had a conversation a few weeks ago, I was really excited about this conversation that we're going to have today because I think it's going to be great.
0: Yeah, so since many of my audience might be new to you, can you just spend maybe a few minutes talking a little bit about your background, what you do,
1: who you are, um, and when did you start your business? Absolutely. So I've been a designer, uh, like a web and graphic designer, for about 15 years. But I also come from a journalism background. So what I do is I marry multiple disciplines and approaches, copywriting and storytelling with design. And in my first job out of college, I was an editor at an independent book publisher, and I was miserable. And I think it was mainly because it became clear to me quite quickly, I didn't want to work for someone else. I Mm -hmm. wanted to strike it out on my own path, which I think a lot of your audience can probably relate to. Mm -hmm. And in the past few years of my business, my focus evolved from just doing design execution you know, where I would come and say, design the website for people to really design and copy strategy and helping people and companies make shifts to their websites that help increase conversions and looking like, At all the touch points along their funnels and in the customer journey and thinking about well where is the customer at at this point where are they at psychologically what do they need right now how can our marketing meet them where they are and giving that customer what they expect and i do that again like through both the the design and the copy and conversion strategies you won't find me using a lot of industry jargon when i talk i really like to break it down in a way that your mom could listen in and hopefully understand this and what we're talking about. And I'm passionate about teaching people in a really no BS kind of straightforward manner without a lot of fluff. So that's what I do.
0: I love that. That's such a very succinct intro. Thank you so much, Reese. Um, I want to pull on that thread a little bit, actually. It's so interesting that you have a design background, yet you evolved into being like an e-commerce conversion expert. Like, What was that pivotal moment when you realized that you have to go a little bit deeper than just the design and the look of the website to working more on like copy. Like did you have an aha moment with a client or a situation where you realize that, you know, this is bigger than just, you know, the design and layout of the website.
1: Mm, That is a great question. I think it's something that kind of evolved organically and almost at a subconscious level over many years. And I had been so design focused, but I noticed that the difference between me and some other designers who were doing websites is my design approach would often be a lot more straightforward and lack some of the bells and whistles and like ornamentation that other website designers were doing. And so I think I naturally had already been gravitating toward a design methodology that was more about not how can we make this really like look pretty and fancy, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit later in this interview, but how can we help whoever is visiting this website make a decision or get to where they need to go or want to stay around? So that just kind of happened organically until there came a point where I realized this is the stuff I really love. In many ways, I like this more than the design work because it's it's a juicy spot for my analytical mind. Like I have a real, I have a fairly creative mind, but there's a very strong analytical component to my brain. And I went down a rabbit hole of research and training all about more like conversion strategies for websites. So it kind of just, I think as I grew as a designer, I got older, it became more important to me to, to do that and copy, you mentioned copy, copy is such an important part. And I remember there came a point in my journey, maybe three years ago, where it occurred to me that the copy might be as important, if not more so than the design. I mean, you can't have your design looking janky, but the power of the copywriting was so clear to me. It, It was like a light bulb went off in my head. And I'm like, I know that this is something I have a strength in because of my background in writing, but I really want to like bring this in even more into my work, the copywriting aspect.
0: That is such a good insight. I mean, I think it's, it's, there's definitely a tendency for people, especially when you're starting up in your business to want to make your website, I think look super pretty and really beautiful and the branding really slick. But at the end of the day, if you can't speak to and connect with your ideal customer through the copy, whether it's on your product pages or your home pages, it can be a huge issue, I think, from a conversion perspective. So tell me a little bit more about, um, you know, when you're working with clients, in in regards to copy, so how, how do you approach that? So how do you help them change their copy on their website to attract more of their ideal customers? Is there like a process that you take them through? Or, you know, do you just kind of pick up with what, what they've already got on their website and see if you can optimize it? Or do you go back and see like who their dream customer is and validate that. Like what is your process for reorienting someone's copy to be a little bit more aligned with their objectives?
1: Mm. I really work best when, so I'm not one of the copywriters who does a good job from, with like a fresh start. So in other words, I do my best work when a company or a small business owner already has some copy on their website. And it may not, it may need work and it may need editing, but there's something there for me to work from. And then what we do is we look at it together and I do a lot of research. And the research oftentimes is informed by things like I will go dig as they have them into their customer reviews. And a lot of times I will find one or two lines in a review that is that voice of that customer and it many times can become a headline or a paragraph of text in the copy. So just that tiny tweak alone is can be a really, really big deal. Um, one of the other things I will do, especially if the business is newer, they might not have a lot of client reviews, they're still working on their customer research. One of my favorite tricks is to just go start researching what are people in that same channel, but for other businesses saying. So if we had a fashion brand, for example, and, you've got to get more specific than that. Like say it was your company. I might go look for other businesses who sell similar types of clothing and start researching like, what are their customers saying about the clothing? Like, why do they like it? And I would go down that rabbit hole. And one of my favorite places to go and look for what people say so that it can inform the copy is actually Reddit. I love to go in the Reddit um, subreddits into the forums and just like spy on people. Like, what are they saying? And I, re- in that case, I will rarely like rip off the line outright, right? Because you never want to just go steal something. What you do is it informs the copy. And you say, that's a really amazing sentence. And if I couple that with this, I think that that will speak to the customer, like in the customer's voice. And so my favorite way of approaching copywriting, especially when we're thinking about your homepage headline, um, sometimes your product descriptions, but even your about page, things like that is what do other people say about why they like your products or your services? And how can we use that so that it sounds like we're talking to them in their voice, like in what's going on in their mind?
0: Mm, I love that you're going deep on the internet to Reddit. That's amazing. That's definitely an untapped resource. And I often tell my coaching clients to go do like a deep dive and you know, kind of stalk their (laughs) dream customers online. And it's a little bit more difficult right now, but I've actually never suggested Reddit. So that's a new one for sure. And that's, that's a great resource because people are very candid on the channel for sure. Um, I'm curious because one of the big things you mentioned there is the about page. And I know that's like one of the most visited pages on the websites. And I know my listeners often struggle with writing their own about pages. And I think, there's potentially a tendency, you know, to orient, um, about pages often about the brand. And what you mentioned there was that, you know, you should speak in the voice of the customer. Um, so how do you find that balance on an about page? Like, are there any tips and tricks you can give about like how to frame that? Cause you obviously want to say a little bit about what the business does, but is it that you want to like frame it in the benefits for the customer or is there anything specific that you could give to my audience, I guess, around about pages and best practices there?
1: Yes. So about pages, I think are one of the most overwhelming and confusing pages for business owners to attack, (laughs) as you kind of mentioned. Totally. And I will say that, and this is how I approach almost everything in business. I never think that there's a singular solution that you can apply and I can apply and um, a jewelry business owner maker can apply. It's, it's really contextual. But I think some general tips is I love an about page that first speaks to what's in it for the person reading. So that would, let me, let me kind of give you an example about like a compare and contrast. If you took an about page and you wrote it in the traditional way it might sound like hi i'm reese and i went to journalism school and i do this and that okay And if you own a product-based business, I think a lot of people, especially if they're the sole owner, will talk about their art or why they love making art or what they're so passionate about. And I think there's a place for that, but I'd love to see it further down the page, like that personal story. And I'd love to see an intro that's more like uh, related to your brand values, your product values, how they relate to the customer. So for you, it might, do I have it right that you are an ethical fashion company? Yes. Yes.
0: And we're actually, side note, rewriting our about page right now. So what you see on our website is not our best self. (laughs) Full guilty disclosure there for the business coach having her about page not up to date with new branding.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's the plumber with the leaky pipes. I got to tell you, my poor (laughs) website design. It just, it's okay. But I look at it and I'm like, oh, Lord. But (laughs) let me ask you, Christy, like, let's use you as an example. Sure. Why do Why do your customers buy from you? There's a lot of different reasons, but can you give me a couple?
0: Yeah. So it's very interesting that you asked this question. So we actually did research, customer research last year to try and nail down exactly if there was like that one thing, why people came to us and purchased. And the interesting thing that came out of it was that our customer doesn't want to compromise. So they want comfortable, stylish clothing that's sustainable and ethically made, Um, They love the element that we're female founded. So like there's this idea because our customer typically is very, um, you know, they're very well educated. They over-index master's degrees. They're professionals. They um, have busy, fast-paced lives. Like they don't have the time to go and research all over the internet and decide what fashion brand meets their criteria. They want somebody who's taken care of that for them. So really our new, our new branding, which started to roll out in March and then the pandemic hit, so things went a little awry, um, is the wardrobe that does it all. So really that idea that we've done the work for them so that they don't have to worry about what they're purchasing and that they can feel confident knowing that you know, everything has you know, been thoughtfully designed and ethically made, high quality, and there's no compromise when it comes to like buying clothing from our brand.
1: Great. That's fantastic. So if I were writing your about page and granted, this is me just like riffing off the fly here for you. I would echo back a lot of what you just said. And in the intro, I might have something like, we know, like the headline might be something like, we know that you don't want to compromise when it comes to feeling confident in your clothing or where your clothing is sourced. And then I might in the paragraph, go further into, uh, We created our comfortable, stylish, um, I can't even read my whole ethically made fashion clothing for you. And we know that you're a very busy person. And again, this would have to be polished a bit. But can you see where I'm going where the about page is, is marrying what the customer cares about with what your brand values and what your product offering is. So in the beginning, you wanna use you, the word you a lot to pull them in. And then later on down the page, you'd go maybe go into the history of your company, what you're passionate about, why you started this. And then what I would love to see on your about page and other people could take and roll with this is I would love like a fun fact section. And let's say, Christy, I know you have, more than just you running your company right now. So if you have a few different employees, you might have some quick facts about each of the employees. And this is an idea I gave to a friend of mine a couple months ago where you have like all the employees answer random questions about like tea or coffee, or it's kind of like the questions that you are gonna ask at the end of the podcast, your Mm -hmm. hot seat questions. And so then maybe each employee, instead of having this long winded bio there's just a quick few quick fun facts about each one. So that is would be what I would do about the about page. First, make it about them. Make it about your customer, and then go a little bit more into your personal story as a founder, why you do what you do, and then introduce some fun tidbits that are really scannable and bite-sized for people.
0: I love that. That's like such an on-the-spot copy review. <laughs> we actually hired a copywriter be- before I met you um, to write it, and you are bang on with how they kind of started the paragraph. It has, it's not on our website yet, but it would definitely started with refocusing. And I think that's one of the pieces of resistant personally. I had it too, where I was like, I just want to talk about all the amazing things our brand does. And I know that our listeners struggle with this too, because a lot of our listeners run amazing brands with like purpose-driven missions and sustainable materials. And they want to talk all about that. But at the end of the day, if your customer isn't necessarily drawn to your brand because of that. Maybe it's a nice to have, but it's not really the problem that you're solving for. Um, It shouldn't really be front and center on your about page, no matter how important it is to you. I think that's kind of the big learning for me because I love talking about our ethics. And I think our customer appreciates that um, and loves that we're doing that. They don't want to see made in Toronto in the first line. Like that's not going to like bring them in so I love that you've really reframed that into, you know, what the customer would really resonate with and mesh that with like the values and, you know, the architecture of your business that would support those values as well. That's awesome. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so talking about a little bit more about websites. So what are three of the biggest problems on websites that send people away? So a lot of our customers are doing a lot of like social media marketing and maybe dipping their toes into Facebook ads. So they're they're running maybe some cold traffic onto their website. So what are some things that you see come up that um, really I guess deter customers from purchasing?
1: Mm. So I'm going to give you three problems I see. But before I do that, I'd love to respond to something that you just said about uh, your clients and people in the industry running cold like ads with cold traffic to their website. And if there is a takeaway I would love for them to hear is that they may find it far more effective with those ads if they do an ad for a specific product or they could add this to their arsenal. For a specific product that goes directly to that product's page, it reduces the friction and it makes the journey between the ad and the product so much more direct. So Mm -hmm, now when they get on your website, there are A bunch of things that I see that will send people away, but let's knock out three of them. And I'm going to start out with the biggest one I see, and it's the easiest one to fix. You've got social media icons in the header of your website. Now, (laughs) these send people right off your website. Right they're just, they'll see the the Instagram icon or whatever. And you as the business owner are thinking, I'm going to have them up there because maybe they'll go to my Instagram profile and I'll get um, another follower there. Oh no. They will go, they will follow that icon. They will get onto Instagram or Facebook. They will see the little red notifications thing and they have forgotten about you and Mm -hmm. your, your products. And so do Do not put anything in the header of your website that is going to send people off of your website. I'd love to see you. This is the fix is so easy. Get them out of your header, put them in the footer of your website. And when you put them down there, don't make them too big or obvious. We want people staying on your website, not going elsewhere. Mm, So that was number one. Big one, right?
0: Yeah, that's a big one.
1: Number two. Second one. They focus on bells and whistles. And we've kind of touched on this. And number two and number three are related. So let me tell you about number two. I'll I'll give you an example. I went to a website because I saw an ad for a a jewelry piece. I think it was a ring. It was beautiful. I followed the ad, got to the website, and the site was nearly non-functional on my phone. Now, because I do this for a living, I actually took the time to go load it on my desktop and see what was going on. But if had I been a customer, I would have noped out because here's what was going on. There was this background video, more than one, and it was like obscuring everything. I couldn't navigate anywhere on my phone. It was burying the copy. There was no copy above the fold, like on that first screen on your phone. And the same problem was going on on desktop, but it wasn't as obvious on the desktop because sometimes things will run a little bit better on our desktops. So I finally found a way to navigate my way around because I was very persistent. I was curious about this. Right. All the other pages had this. So every single page had this weird background, fancy video. No. Well, I didn't buy the ring, you know?
0: Ah, uh, wow. That's crazy. yeah. Can
1: you imagine how many people they might be sending away because they they paid for this beautifully produced video and they think that the answer is to have it like as a primary focal thing, this animation on their website. So The fix is this: you want to keep the actual design and layout of your website really simple, and especially watch out for things like spin-to-win wheels. Okay? Oh
0: gosh, yeah. (laughs) Yes,
1: these look so janky, and I think they cheapen your brand. Am I right?
0: Yes, I am not a fan of those at all, at all.
1: Thank you. Okay, I'm high-fiving you virtually, (laughs) and so like no weird animations, no background videos, no spin-to-win wheels, because you do not need any of those to get a sale, and Yes, you need beautiful product images. You need interesting graphics sometimes at the top of your page, but nothing that's going to distract or annoy people. So that was number two, too many bells and whistles.
0: Good one, yeah. What's number three?
1: Okay, kind of related to the second one. It takes it a step further. And we talked about this. There's too much focus on creating a pretty design and the pretty design elements It might not be a crazy background video, like I just talked about, but it's obscuring or competing with your products. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or if you're a service-based business owner listening and in your services. So what I mean is maybe you paid, gosh, help you eight grand for this beautiful website design. It looks so artistic. Let me tell you what's happening. My eye as the customer is being drawn towards like cute little spiral that's going down the right-hand side of the page and where it's not being drawn to is your add to cart button because Mm -hmm. it's competing with the most important thing on your page and that is either like the add to cart button or the contact button or the sign up for our emails button right so what I love to do as a fix is this you can breathe easily knowing that you can have a fairly neutral website foundation maybe it's white two to three bland colors keep most of your text in black have color come through in things like your product photos or maybe photos of you if you're a service-based brand and then make your buttons the star of the show. There should the, The thing that stands out most on your website should be those add to cart buttons.
0: Yeah. Oh, totally. I completely agree with this. And I see it quite often, actually, that you get these intricate backgrounds and stuff like that on websites. And then it just, or like they make the cursor um like throw sparkles or something oh, like God. that like, oh gosh oh gosh where's the ad to cart but they've made the ad cart button like an outline with no color fill it it, it and it, it from a branding perspective it may look really beautiful but at the end of the day if it's not converting to like sales and driving potentially driving customers off your site um that is completely wrong and you made such a good point there that i think cannot be underestimated is the power of like really great product photography and lifestyle photography. Because when I see those roundups on Shopify of those like top, you know, websites, like their favorite website design, it's actually very interesting. And it aligns exactly with what you said is that the navigation, the layout, it's very basic, but the photography and the copy is very good. So it just kind of like, meshes perfectly with your point about that, that like you don't necessarily need to be like reinventing the wheel when it comes to how you're laying out your website. You just maybe need to focus more on what matters most.
1: Mm, Yes, absolutely.
0: Okay. So let's switch gears and talk about something that I've never really talked about on the podcast because personally, I don't have a ton of background in this, but website speed. So why is website speed important to sales? Um, One of the things In Shopify, right now, is that they launched this feature in the theme customization section where it says, you know, your website speed and gives it a rating. It's very similar. I think it might be connected to the Google uh, speed test. And then it says, like, your website is slow or whatever, but it doesn't explain why that matters. So, what would slow down a website and why does it even matter for e commerce merchants?
1: All right. Before I answer that, don't let me forget to give you and your listeners a free tool so that you can get more granular about what's going on with your website speed. Because I have to tell you, I am not a fan of that Google speed test that they're using.
0: Okay. Okay, cool. And a big
1: part of why is like what you cited. It's like,
0: yeah, we'll put it in the show notes for sure. Um, Okay. That from you after.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But here's the deal. In 2016, so that's kind of a long time ago these days, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Google did a study that showed that 53% of people will abandon a mobile website. So if they're looking at a website on their phone, if it takes longer than three seconds to load. And I am pretty sure because of how fast our tech changes and how many more people are using phones now, that people today are even more impatient than they were four years ago. And they expect more from websites too when they're browsing on their phone. But phone or no phone, like first of all, my clients that I work with, I would say at least half the traffic that they're seeing is coming from people on a mobile device. Mm -hmm. And so what we know is from that Google research is that they're going to leave your site if it takes too long to load and it's actually also a ranking factor for google when it comes to seo like page like Ooh, page speed okay. mm-hmm. so there it's just that people are impatient we are all very very impatient and there are two big things that i there are many things that can slow down a website but the two biggest ones that i see are videos and plugins I already talked a little bit about videos when I gave the example of background videos, but let's say you're even using a product video and you aren't doing something weird like making it the background of your website. What you wanna do is make sure that first of all, the video is a small, as you can make it file size and you can also look into something and it depends on your developer and your tech called lazy loading Mm -hmm. and i also love to see people use vimeo over youtube when they're putting on their website because i think it injects a few less like it's less load intensive i can't say for sure if that's the case but that's just Mm kind of anecdotally what i've seen the second thing that i mentioned is plugins. So if you're in Shopify, you know you can buy all kinds of plugins to to help you out. And we need some of these to help with upsells or product suggestions like related products. But what i would like to urge you is that to consider that every plugin that you put on your site incrementally could possibly impact your page speed. So each on its own might not be a big deal, but when you start to stack them up, they create congestion. So you want to ask for each plugin, is this really necessary? What's it doing for me and for my business?
0: Mhm. Mhm. Totally. I know somebody who put a plugin on their website right before Black Friday and it changed all their prices. Like it injected code that wouldn't allow them to switch prices by variant, so people were able to check out for like a very low price. Oh no. Very high price product. So there's definitely a big watch out there for sure with apps and plugins to make sure not only that you're, you know, less is more when it comes to that, but also test and back up your theme to the infinity basically before you oh, put those in.
1: <laughs> that is such a, not a good story, but like such an illustrative story. I'm glad you brought that up like as a cautionary tale for your listeners.
0: Yeah. Well, I've been there too. It didn't do that, but I mean, I've definitely put an app on the website, not tested it properly and then realized, you know, something breaks, you know, and then it takes weeks. Some customer tells you some random page isn't working or something, you mm-hmm. know, so it's definitely, definitely proceed with caution for sure. So I love that tip.
1: And also related to that, cause I just, I love to make sure people kind of have as much as they need with this. If you're going on a plugin spree. I would much rather see you add a plugin and like wait a couple of weeks before you add another one to help avoid what Christy just described where if you ultimately realize there's a problem with your website, it's so much easier to narrow down what might be the source of that problem if you just kind of add these plugins slowly one at a time. Because if you add five or 10 at once, it's that much harder to figure out which one might be causing all kinds of problems.
0: Yeah, 100%. I love that, a plug-in spree. <laughs> E-commerce, is so easy now because like with Shopify, there's so many apps. When I started my store, there was like maybe like 50, 20 and now there's probably like thousands and thousands. So it's, it's very easy to get like enticed by what they can all do and deliver on. But I love that approach of kind of slow and steady, test and learn, see what works and then maybe add another one depending on your needs. But that's great advice, Reese. Um, so let's keep going on. Cause we're going to wrap this up probably in about 10 minutes, but I want to just dig into, um, some hot seat questions and then we'll go into kind of what you're working on and what's next for you. Cause I know you've got some exciting things coming down the pipeline. Um, so I love asking this hot seat question. What's one non-negotiable step in your morning routine?
1: First of all, can I just say your hot seat questions are like my favorite part of your podcast. <laughs> okay. So for my morning routine, um, mine is actually sleep. I am not an up at 5 a.m. person. If I don't, if I didn't get enough sleep the night before and I don't have a critical meeting I need to get to, I will stay in bed a little longer because if I start to slack on sleep, everything falls apart. That is
0: so important. I think there's a misnomer out there that every entrepreneur gets up at like five in the morning that's successful. And that just doesn't always jive with people's bodies and lifestyles and stuff like that. So whatever works with you is best. I totally agree. Um, What's your favorite business book that you've ever read?
1: Okay. It's a weird one. I think I haven't heard much. many people say this. It's The Warrior of the Light by Paulo Coelho. It's a very mindset focused book. and. What I love about it is you can pick up any random chapter and read it kind of as is.
0: I love that have never heard of it. And we'll definitely put a link to it in the show notes for sure, because I love talking about mindset and I definitely will pick that one up for over the holidays as well. Um, so given that you do a little bit of an extra sleep in in the morning, do you need a coffee, a tea or something else to get you going in the morning?
1: So for me, it's coffee. Not too much and always decaf. I do not go caffeinated.
0: Ooh, geez. <laughs> I'm applauding you and giving you a virtual high five from over here. I'm like a coffee addict. So that's amazing. I'm going to have to talk to you after about how you, how you got to decaf coffee. Cause that's okay. definitely life goals. <laughs> um, so given that you run a business as well, if you had an extra thousand dollars today in your business, what would you spend it on? Paid ads. Ooh, yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, what's your favorite podcast? Either it could be a business podcast or something you just listen to for fun.
1: So I'm a big Amy Porterfield fan. And one of the things I love most about her podcast is it's so targeted and focused. So if there's a specific topic I want to get schooled on quickly, I go search for in her online marketing made easy podcast and see if she's covered it. And I know if I go listen to it, I will absolutely walk away 30 minutes later with a good tip or trick or strategy I can put to work in my business right away.
0: Totally agree. She is an amazing teacher. Um, I, I've taken B school and she's taught some of the, you know, sub chapters in there before, and she's just so good at that. It's like Mm -hmm. definitely her calling for sure. Um, if you could wear one outfit on repeat, let's say, uh for the rest of 2020 let's say (laughs) what is it
1: oh since we're talking about the rest of 2020 and we're in December that would have to be probably okay if if I have to see someone my dark wash jeans and a cowl neck sweater otherwise the same cowl neck sweater but with pajama bottoms
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love how honest that is if you're on a zoom call do you do the cowl neck with the pajama bottoms
1: Absolutely, I read once or heard someone say it's like the business mullet. It's you know business on top and party on the bottom. <laughs> totally. Um,
0: last question is, what's your favorite Instagram account to follow right now?
1: Oh my goodness, um, this one I forgot about, but I would have to. Oh yes, I know. It's my friend Sun Yi. So it's S U N underscore Y Y Y I. Okay, got that? Yeah, got it. And. He is phenomenal at carousels and just at copy and content. And it, he has, get this, his Instagram account is only eight months old. And I think he's at like 36,000 followers. And I don't think it's because he went wow. and you know, bought it or anything. You, if you go and you see his account, you will see he, why he is at that follower count and that level of engagement. He's so good.
0: So it's S U N underscore Y I, right?
1: Yes. Okay, cool.
0: Okay. Yes. We'll definitely link to him in the show notes because I know a lot of our listeners struggle with Instagram growth, so they could use that as inspo for what they can do organically. That's awesome. Um, So let's wrap this up and just talk a little bit about what you're working on. Like what's next for design by Reese. I know you have an event coming up. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I would love to. So I have a free masterclass series coming up January 11th through 13th, okay? And it is my training on three simple stops, sh- three simple steps to a shop that sells and in this you will discover how to confidently and consistently create captivating content to attract high-end customers with ease. And the reason I'm really excited for this, Christy, is because it's rich with information that's gonna help people both in their copywriting and their design in their social media posts so that they can charge more for their products and attract a higher end client. They're gonna be able to apply what they learn immediately and implement it on their social feeds. And if your audience wants to get in on this, I would love to have them. Uh, they can sign up for free at designbyreese.com forward slash masterclass.
0: I love that. And it's free. That's amazing. And so generous of you to do that. Love it. Um, So let's talk about where people can find you. Obviously, designbyreese.com is your website, designbyreese.com slash masterclass is that free masterclass that you're putting together. Where do you hang out online? What What are the best touch points to connect with you there?
1: I would say I have a Facebook group. So if you search for the Commerce Collab, okay. that's where I am most engaged. If you want to join my group there, I go live every week. I, in, in my lives, I give a marketing tip and strategy for the week. I also engage over on Instagram. I love chatting with people on DMs. And you can find that or find me at Reese Spikerman, S-P-Y-K-E-R-M-A-N.
0: Awesome, Reese. Well, thank you so much for your time. I feel like I could talk to you for hours about websites and e-commerce and design, um, but we'll have to wrap this up and have you back on maybe sometime in 2021. But thank you so much for your time. And everybody who's listening, please go follow Reese Spikerman on Instagram and we'll put in the show notes all the links that she talked about so you can connect with her and join her masterclass and her Facebook group, which sounds super awesome. Um, Thank you so much, Reese. Thank you, Christy. I love this. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. We'll talk soon.